Hello and welcome to the super. Not feeling the festive spirit after our trip to Amroth, I have all the tender sweetness of a seaside crocodile. Uh, this week I'm joined by Scott Plain to go back over in Archie Gayfield, and then later I'm joined by Hearts fan Jamie McIntyre for a chat about how Hearts have been getting on in the championship so far this season. Hi Dige, thanks for coming on. Hello Derek, how's things this week for you? Like pretty good. I've uh, been back in the office a couple of days, so something a wee bit different than I've been followed by this time. Don't when do you finish up for Christmas? Finish up tomorrow. Good stuff. I'm already done and I'm, I've pretty much spent my time on the couch watching the TV, watching the darts and stuff like that, and unfortunately um, watching the Super. Hi, it's... Saturday's fun. I mean, they they like to keep us honest every year at Christmas time, don't they? Yeah. They're not really into giving us a win to, to go away happy with over festive periods any year. To be fair, um, normally around about this time of year, we're worrying about injuries. <laughs> you know, the past couple of years, we've been scraping the barrel to to get our first team players into the start lineup. Um, so. I don't want to jinx it, but so far so good and uh, that way anyway. But it just seems to be at the moment the games that you don't expect to win, we get a result, and the games that we expect to win, we seem to be struggling in. Unfortunately. Well, we've got one we don't expect to win up next, so uh, we'll talk talk about that later. But hopefully, it's a good omen for that. <laughs> Um, yeah. Saturday, of course, we were away at our growth. Um, slightly windy Gayfield, nothing like the last trip there, but we lost 2-1. Um, two goals from uh, James Cregan um, and a goal from Jack Beard for ourselves. What was your take on the afternoon then, just a wee general starting point? Well, first of all, I don't think the weather could have been that bad. Did you see them out of campers out the back behind the goal? It was unbelievable. I was like, what the hell? No, it wasn't that bad. You could see the one corner. Flags, yeah. One down the other end looked pretty stationary. So it can't have been that bad. I think Dick Campbell uh, changed his team up a little bit. I think he'd been persevering with the Super Chris Doolan for too long and... I'm not sure if this is the first game that he dropped him in, but um, obviously he never started. He went a bit different, and I, I was really impressed with a few of the uh, both players. I mean, James Cregan's been about in Scottish football for a number of years now. Yeah. Um, he played really well. So he got his two goals, but the one that picked, picked out my eye was um, was it Dale Houston who used to play for Forfa? Mm-hmm. He was... Aye, they just seemed to have more weapons than we did on Saturday, unfortunately. Yeah, um... Michael Beattie that was on um, our, our broth guest, he was suggesting that they bring Luke Donnelly into the team. Yeah. Um, they did. They went they went two up top with Donnelly and Hilson. Hilson wasn't up top all the time, but essentially he was playing as a, a second striker. Um and Donnelly I thought I thought Donnelly was their best player. He he just he just battered us. Um, That's what I'm saying. Between the both of us we can name so many players for our bro who did who did well. <laughs> um well, and to be honest, looking at the air team, 
can you pick out a a star performer? Unfortunately, at the moment, not really. Uh, not so much myself either. Um, a bit of a, a bit of a struggle if you were asked to ask me to pick a star man. Could probably talk about a couple of good things that that some folk did, but to actually pick a, a star from it that wasn't wearing maroon, I don't think so. Um, yeah, um, our both our both were good. Um, the people talking after the match want to talk about us being poor but you're not just poor simply as your own fault all the time uh, sometimes the other team makes you poor and our bros certainly made us poor on Saturday they harried us they were aggressive in their pursuit of the ball all over the park a high, just a high pressing game essentially and it paid off for them I, th- I thought they were brilliant. They were well worthy of the three points and probably uh, unfortunate not to get a clean sheet at the end as well. For me, it looks like they've obviously started really badly this year. I've yeah. to been at the bottom. And it looks like the likes of well, Dick Campbell's been in the game long enough. He's probably given them a kick up the arse. Yeah. Changed some things around, changed the personnel um, and possibly the way that Mark Kerr set himself up for the game was changed because I've both changed so much to what they've probably played before. So um I had so many variables, but yeah, they were they were too good for us. Um I, mm-hmm. I have no qualms with the fact that we lost the game because we weren't good enough. No. Uh it wasn't good enough at all. And we might as well I mean, run through some of the some of the big moments before we you say the big moments. I mean, I was watching the highlights and nothing really happened for the first 20, 30 minutes. It was like, it was, it was, it was, it was quite dull. So yeah. Well, that was the that was the bit of the game. And I thought we were, we were good. Uh, oh, that's probably why because nothing was happening. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we did start quite well. Um, we didn't really. We didn't look like we were going to have the kind of performance that was to come. Um, it looked a fairly normal day at the office for us. We were we were going about ourselves. Um, I wouldn't have had too many complaints first half hour about anything that was going on. Some, as I'm saying, I mean, I think our most danger came in the game. In the well, the first half anyway was from uh, set plays, relying on Chalmers getting the corners in. Um, yeah. It just seemed to be a bit of a smash in the, the box every time we we had a corner. Hoping the ball landed to us. Uh, didn't seem to be any method to the the what's the word for it? Oh, I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not even gonna try in case I say something stupid. <laughs> 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 yeah, it just seems to be we're relying heavily on the set plays. Um mm-hmm. and a broth seemed to capture us every time from wide positions. And yeah, that's where the, the most dangerous plays were coming from. So We'll just we'll, we'll skip ahead because there wasn't while it was a, a our best spell of the game in my opinion there is absolutely nothing to talk about from that time we will skip ahead straight to the first goal of the game um, we have a goal kick Sinisalo is kicking it left to Paddy Redding he completely misjudges the flight of the ball and when he jumps for the header the ball is not there. Uh, Michael McKenna steals in and he drives down the right. Redden's chasing him, trying to get after him. Um, he can't get near him. He tries to block the cross. 
but he cannot. Um, Baird completely misjudges it as well. He gets himself the wrong side of James Cregan and he's left with just nodding it past Sinisalo, essentially. I thought uh, the general defending of this was just catastrophic. From, from uh, my memories from it, um, I can just remember the ball come down the right and the, I, I don't know who the brave player was. Mm-hmm. Was this the one where... <sighs> McKenna, number eight, running down the right, yeah. Yeah. Did they not kind of bring one of our players out of play a wee bit? Am I right wrong in saying that? Nah, because it was Reading uh, that chased them. I'm going to be thinking about another, another situation maybe later on in the game. They had, um, had a lot of them throughout the afternoon. <laughs> um, I mean, he took his goal well, and the commentator certainly enjoyed it as well. Um, but yeah, can you be critical on Paddy Redden? Yeah. So he's came, <laughs> yeah, okay, fair to us. He's came back into the he's came back into the team he, again. Mark has decided to swap him round for Houston. Houston was. I mean, he's no world beater or left back, but mm-hmm. I would like to know the reason if it was because Redden had been injured or or what, or confidence was low that he wasn't playing him. Mm-hmm. That's not going to help him. Um, that will um, contribute to the the goal against us. Yeah, um, I'm presuming the, the theory behind bringing him back in was get a left-footed left back that will attack because Jordan Houston had had done well at left back. Um I don't I don't think he offered very much going forward, but I thought he'd done a good job. We we didn't concede a goal in, in the games that he played there. Um so I couldn't really complain about his the defensive side of that. However, uh, I don't think he was offering us anything at all going forward. So I'm presuming that's what Mark Kerr was thinking bringing Paddy Redden back in. And yeah. It backfired because it was terrible. That's what I'm saying. I was talking about it to one of my mates the other day, saying that he's an under-21 international. Mm-hmm. Every time I've seen him play for Scotland, Scott Gemmell seems to play him at left mid. Yeah. Um, I'm just bamboozled. I'm not sure whether is he a left midfielder, is he a left back. Um, don't get me wrong, he's shown a lot of promise so far. He's still very young. Um, yeah. But Aye, it's just a confidence thing just now. I think he took, we, we go back to that game at Capolo, I think he took a big hit in his confidence there as well. Mm-hmm. I remember Mark Kerr commenting, saying that he'd, um, uh, he was almost in tears in the, the change room because of the, the, the mistake that led to the goal. Yeah. So yeah, we, we can't go bombarding him. Um, but you've got to take it in the chin. If you make a mistake, you've got to put your hands up and learn from it and next week... Uh, carry on and hopefully it doesn't happen again fingers crossed yeah I mean everyone's open to criticism it's just it's the way it's the way you do it um it's the the you do it but I, I thought he was I, th- I thought he was really poor on Saturday um he, he was fine up until that moment and it just seemed maybe his head just went from there and his afternoon didn't didn't get any better uh, from that moment onwards. It just kind of carried on. Um, they they went for him for the rest of the game after that, really. They, that was the side that they wanted to go down. Um, but I'm it's, another, it's another bit... I mean, he can only learn from it, so hopefully next week um, he doesn't get dropped and 
well, he's up against Hearts. I mean, he's going to be <laughs> up against he's going to be up against uh, pretty much the best team in the league. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, and it wouldn't be Air United in the 2020-21 season if we did not concede a goal straight away, pretty much. Uh, so our both, they have a throw-in over on their left as they're attacking with Hamilton. Um, he takes it short to Hilson. He holds the ball up, uh, waiting for the defence to blink first, basically. Uh, Donnelly moves in the box and moves Jack Beard about, which gives him the opportunity to play the ball in. He shapes up as if he's going to cross it to the back post, so it looks with his body, but he actually plays a, a low ball uh, into the box that causes absolute chaos because nobody reads it, and it bounces off of Sam Roscoe. I think it bounces twice off him. Uh, I think it bounces once at the, the front, and once at the back. And when it bounces out of the back, James Cregan is there virtually unmarked to just slam it home past Sinisalo. Uh, great. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Hilston, you said, was supposed to be played as a striker, and look how wide he was. Yeah. He was out pretty much at the, the left the left hand side uh sideline. Yeah. Manages to get the ball in. And again, there's so many bodies in the box that I asked the question again, can you criticise him? Get your foot through the ball, get out of there, I suppose. But I, the ball just seemed to... Was it McKenna, did you say, managed to get the touch on that that got it through the guys and it ended up getting to Roscoe and he couldn't... It kind of bounced off him twice, was it McKenna? Because he seemed to be causing a lot of grief for us. I thought it was just Hilson's ball in. Uh, all, right, all right, okay. I thought it was a guy that played the ball, managed to get the ball through to him, and then that's when Roscoe got caught up with the ball. Craig and just spun round and hit it. Yeah. And a saddle could have, couldn't have done anything. <laughs> it just that was two 0 up, and again the big farmer was um, loving life. He was uh, he was a good co commentator. Uh, as as miserable as I was at that time, uh, I was not reaching for the, the volume to go off. Um, I was enjoying the big man loving life. Yeah, you're normally one that likes watching the games in mute. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd I'd been told it was it was worth trying to not to not mute it. Um, I've so even I seen in the Twitter off. circles that people have offered them out for a, a pint and stuff like that, and he's accepted already. He was the <laughs> he was the the sole source of entertainment for quite a while. Ah, you like a bit of passion. Don't you? I, I know that the, the streaming things you don't you want them to be a bit neutral, but uh, if you've had a, a, as bad a season start as a both have had, if they came into that game not expecting to get a win and they're two up before half time, yeah, fair play. <laughs> We've got no qualms about that whatsoever. Um, and that this was around. I forgot to note the time of it, but I'm sure it was around about 35 minutes. There was still about 10 minutes to halftime. Um, heads were absolutely gone, and our both looked like they were they were going to score a third. They were ripping through us at that point. I thought that... ravenous. On the run-up to halftime, I thought that KR would have made some changes at halftime. I'm not sure exactly what he would have changed. I mean, you're looking at the bench. 
do you risk bringing Tom Walsh on? Is he ready yet? Um, Zanata's another option, but you know what he's like, hit or miss sometimes. Mm-hmm. I just thought he would have changed it up, but he decided to stick with it, at least into the, the start of the second half. Um, and the way we started the second half, he was probably right, because we did actually come out, at least for the first five or so minutes, and we we were doing to our growth what they were doing to us, we were, we were harrying them. Um, there was a point where um, Moffat managed to get a shot off inside the box and it hits off the post. Um, when it hits the post, it bounces back out to Luke McCown. He dribbles with his left, sold the defenders, cutting back onto his right hits it and he hit the post straight away so so we hit we hit the post twice in like seven or eight seconds just just wasn't going for us and we didn't didn't really see much from us again for another 20 minutes or so after that heads just went back down i did notice especially when i watched the highlights back that we do have a tendency just to hit and hope sometimes mm-hmm. I've, I've noticed it a lot with bruce anderson he gets the ball he just wants to shoot even if there's a, bit, a brick wall in front of them. Um, yeah. That's kind of like the case of what happened with Moffat and McCowan there. They got the ball. They're just going straight, let's go for goal here. It's as if they don't trust the build-up play at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had Moffat hit the post. We had McCowan hit the post. I, I noticed that Anderson was try- he's obviously trying his hardest to score a goal for us. Yeah. Um, so every time he gets an opportunity, he's swinging at it. Maybe he's not the right decision. Um I don't know, we just seem to be losing our way at the moment, which is very frustrating and at times worrying. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what to, to make of it. I, I don't know if it's the, the midfield. Um, I've mentioned this last week, I think. I, I'm not sure that the, the balance in midfield whether we go with the trio or we go with the, the two that we play when we only go with two. I don't know if they win the ball enough or press aggressively enough to get the ball back. I don't know how involved they are with creative play. I'm sure, we'll come, I'm sure we'll come on to this later on, but um, I've said it a lot in social media over the last couple of days. It's the expectation. Um, we've gone from having a team who had Last year, Stephen Kelly pulling the strings. Yeah, we had Ross Doherty sitting in. Uh, we even had likes of Andy Gagan doing the dirty work. We had Jamie Adams for a while as well. Mm-hmm. It's a different team now. Um, the expectation needs to kind of lower itself down a little bit. Um, I don't know what your predictions were before the start of the season, but I was fully expected. I, I was fully happy to to be a mid-table team pushing for the playoffs. Well, my expectations every season is that we win the league and then I slowly uh, lose hope on that as we enter the third week of the season or so. Nah, uh, you've got to aim low and hope for height. <laughs> Especially uh, with this. It's fine. But, yeah, um, I, I, I thought if we don't finish lower than sixth, considering... Considering there's been a, a pandemic that's held football up, we've lost mass players from our squad. 
bit of an exodus. Um, replaced them with good players. It's not that the guys that are coming in aren't good, but they are new and playing mostly playing together for the first time. Um, that takes... You'd hope to see a little bit gelling around about this kind of time into a new season. It's weird because you're at Christmas time, so you think that they've been together a lot longer than they have, but you'd, you'd expect by this number of games to start seeing some kind of gelling signs. And certainly in midfield, um, it seems to be going the, the other way for me. I can see your concerns with the midfield. It's it's honestly, it's the forward line that worries me. Um, mm-hmm. We've had to rely on Moff rolling back the years to help us out a few weeks. I've got a sneaky... Look, I'm not in the know whatsoever. I've got a sneaky feeling had the pandemic not came about, Kia would have had other options for attack. I think... I'm just I'm just saying this out loud. This mm-hmm. is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he, he got the likes of Ennis Cameron in last minute because he wanted a big, burly uh, target man. I mean, he's not been really given much opportunity apart from coming on against Inverness, and I think he started against Lovey. Yeah. Um, I just think... Things have possibly changed slightly for the for him and the laptop, as they call them. <laughs> um, I said it before, people on social media, you see them on all the different formats calling for his head every time we lose. Yeah. It, it's like one week we're beating Dundee, the next week we're losing to Levy, a Premier League team. Um we get a draw against Dunfermline and the likes. Um, we draw against Rafe. We're sitting, what, what are we, fifth? We're fifth just now, yeah. Sitting fifth. A couple of points off second. Yep. And, yeah, Colin for his head. I said, again, just from the conversation I've had, give him January, see what he needs to change. If By the time we get to Hearts in February, if we're in a relegation scrap, then, yeah, I can see where the where we're going with it, if you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. if we're still where we are just now, still at the edge of the playoffs, hey, we've still got to support them, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, um, I've got to say, I was um, I was more wound up by people's reaction to the game on Saturday night than I was by the game on Saturday. Um, on just about every form of social media that I have, Air United fans on, there was far too many people calling for the manager to get sacked, considering we're one place below uh, the spot that we finished last season and the season before then. We're we're discussing this part of it when we're 2-0 down. We've still managed to get back into the game, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, which I'm sure we'll get to in a a couple of minutes. Yeah, we we certainly will, but we might as well finish this while that you have well, you've brought it up. Um, I think some reactions are just babies and just can't take getting beat because it's every individual defeat. It's not It's not that we get beat and then we maybe draw the next game and folk are like still not good enough. It's usually when we get beat, we, we get a positive result in the following match. Um, so far this season, that's, that's how it's panned out anyway. Um, I I just think people are just acting like absolute babies. Um, I can understand it. I can understand it if we're 
up against Livy's and Hamilton's every week. Teams who are above us mm-hmm. in stature. Yeah, you, you I can, might not. I can, I, can, I can understand when we're playing likes of a bro, if you expect to win, but it's not a God-given right. If these things happen. Um, mm-hmm. There's going to be blips all, along the road. Um, we were the part-time I mean, team in the Championship. We didn't go the whole season without winning a game. I mean, we sound like happy clappers here, but Derek, I know you. <laughs> if, if you don't think it's right, then yeah, you'll voice your opinion. Absolutely. Um, I'm not I'm not shy. And Saturday wasn't good enough, but that doesn't mean that the the manager needs to go immediately. The first time that we we have a a league game that certainly isn't good enough. Look at Ross County. They went and defeated Celtic a few weeks back in the cup. Mm-hmm. And then at the weekend, they, they had a bad result against Hamilton. The, the, the manager's gone. They brought okay. in John Yogi okay. Hughes. <laughs> they brought in... That's what I'm saying. It just, if you know the future, who you might bring in, then okay. If you mm-hmm. know what the options are, then you might think, yes, that's a better option. But uh, I don't know. It's a risky, it's a risky job um, hiring, firing, isn't it? Not for me right now. He's um, he's built this squad. There's a lot of talent in it. We haven't even seen um, the the strongest version of it yet because Tom Walsh has been injured the whole time other than the first half away to Albion Rovers in the Cup, away and way back in our opening match. So we haven't seen the squad. We don't know what it's like when it's at its best. Maybe him just coming in just brings a whole new dynamic to the front line. Um, I'm presuming he'll be available from the from the bench to actually play some minutes on Boxing Day. Um, we're, we're hanging a lot on him because... Well, uh, well, I think it's the midfield and you think it's the forward line. Uh, that doesn't mean that I don't think the forward line's problematic because it certainly has. The thing been. is, in the last couple of podcasts, we'll talk about the defence being rickety. <laughs> We've pretty much gone through the whole team. <laughs> well, uh, defence defense certainly came up big. Um, they had four clean sheets in a row. As, as poor as some of their individual performances have been and collectively at times they've come up big um, I don't think the the midfield or the attack has come up big in any of the games so far really at all um, I, I think we take I think we take the hearts games a free hit if we get something out of it great if not I don't think we can be too critical yeah. then the games against Morton and Queen of the South will be quite big especially with Morton at home. We'll, we'll, come back to the, the Hearts game. Uh, we'll come back to the Hearts game towards Aye. the end because um, there's a bit of the, the setup that I'll be interested in after um, some, of our, some of our previous games to see if it changes. But we might as well finish um, what happened on the park. Um, we did get a, an equaliser through, through Jack Beard. He got his first goal for the club. Um, it was a corner from Joe Chalmers. Obviously, he takes all the set pieces. Uh, <laughs> what, what I did he... hear the commentator mention saying that he'd seen Cammy Smith score a few free kicks before for Dundee United, but yeah. it seems to be Chalmers is hogging all the all the set plays just now. He he was the he he's the permanent player. Smith's the lone I presume he's yep. pulling some kind of rank on that. Um, Smith. Smith probably, probably not his his best, probably his worst game actually for us on on Saturday. 
Um, I'm not. I'm not sure whether that was Chandler's worst or if it just uh, fills in nicely alongside some other performances he's had so far. Um, um, I'm not sold. I think he's maybe. I think he's maybe just too slow to play centre mid, and it raises the question in my head: How did they ever play as a fullback? Because surely you have to be faster to play there. To cut him down the line. Yep. Um, Come on, we've got to find some sort of positive about this game. Yes, positive. <laughs> the positive for this game for me was Mark McKenzie. Uh, he came on off the bench, and I wouldn't necessarily start him. Um, I don't think he's he's the guy for for starting up front, but he looks like somebody that we should be making better use out of off the bench. He comes on and he is affecting games now. It's not that he's playing and doing a job. He affects the game when he comes on. I'm not sure how old he is, but yeah, looks like Mark Kerr's got a lot of trust in him. He's brought him on a few times. He's even tried him out wide as well. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's keen to develop himself by being flexible to play all the positions. Some people can quite easily go in the half. Um, yeah. yeah, give him a give him a shot and see see where he ends up. He might end up being our next um, Alan Forrest or Robbie Crawford. Yeah, um, I, I thought when when he played, he, he, he was involved last season kind of early, and then he faded away, and then he appeared again for a little bit, and then faded away again. But he was only he was coming on up front, kind of supplementing the the strike force towards the end of games, and he looked like he was going to score almost every game. He's not doing that now. He's more playing folk in. Um, he seems to be a bit more about being creative, and well, well, you wouldn't have that down as like a he's come on, he's going to solely lead us to a comeback here. He was the bright spark and was pretty much the, the only good thing for the final 15 minutes or so on the park. I'd rather have someone like him, a youngster, trying to make their way into the game on the bench to come on than a, mm-hmm. a over-the-hill player just looking for a, a couple of, like an extra year's wage, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, yeah fair, fair play. Um, give him a chance. See where it goes. Fingers crossed, he can um, he can start uh, contributing mm-hmm. to to winning games. Hopefully so. Um, certainly, certainly been impressed with him this season. Um, before we we finished the the ninety, uh, our both had a, a penalty shootout uh, right at the end. Um, the referee is right there; he's unobstructed. I think it's even more blatant a penalty than the David Ferguson um, pulling down Danny Denham one that brought Dick Campbell to march onto the park. I think if they hadn't been winning 2-1, um, we might... Dick Campbell would have been on the park. That was a bit of a joke from the referee. It, it wasn't like there was any bodies in the way in. He was right there. Uh, I was an absolute stonewaller. Um that's what I'm saying if it was if it was a tight game and that wasn't given, all hell would have broken loose. The big farmer would have been on the park. Dick Campbell would have been in the park. The referee would have been running into the bloody sea to get away from everybody. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was a stonewaller. It should be a penalty. Um, I don't know why the referee hasn't gave it. I don't know why I felt sorry for us or what. Yeah, 
Um, just aye. So, just before that though, a bro had a clear cut chance. So if you remember it, they they had them all game. Um, the player I was actually surprised. It was actually diff- more difficult for him to miss the target than it was for him to put it wide. Um, but that was again simply from moving away from one of our defenders and open up space. It was just a wee bit. I think uh, we we were um, we were quite open by that stage. Um, yeah. After after we equalised, obviously um, Muirhead uh, was the, the furthest man forward, trying to charge down the the kick off. The, but so I, I think we'd we'd lost our shape just in any kind of attempt to try and get back. And then the Dick Campbell just trolled us by bringing on Chris Doolan just to run the, the clock down into the corners. Yeah. Probably the most, probably the most useful I've ever seen him play on the pitch when the airs involved. Quite possibly. Um, <laughs> if I don't ever have to pay to watch that man play football ever again, I'd be quite happy. <laughs> but um, I, I thought the the Arbroath TV was really good. I've watched the majority of clubs in the Championship now. Not all. Um, Hearts are the best stream in the championship. However, you have to pay £18.50 for the privilege. Take note ahead of Boxing Day match here, fans. Um, however, our Broth's coverage is with without the, the multi-angles, um, every bit is good. Um, the, the stream quality is good. The commentary is better. Um, the only thing that they did wrong was they were attempting to show us a replay of Dario Zanata hitting a shot that goes out for a corner and they managed to play the replay a second time and miss our, our goal. Our goal. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, typical. I'm willing to forgive them with that. Um, I've actually only seen that goal today. Um I think that also happened. Was that also what happened in the Inverness game? We almost missed the goal because we've seen the, the Baldy assistant's head. We we almost missed that one, <laughs> um, but we we did manage to see it. Um, but no, yeah. Abrose coverage is up there. It was good. Um, they had little videos beforehand talking about the bricks, which was very interesting. Oh, they love um, their bricks, don't they? They were. <laughs> uh, they're they're going to build a wall, and the fans are going to pay for it. <laughs> Uh, big thing for us, I think. I think we've both tweeted it on Saturday morning, Derek. Um, we're both gutted with the fact that we weren't getting up on Saturday morning, getting ready to go into the train on the way up. Yeah, mate. Um, our broth is my favourite away day. Um, I think you could. I think you could, probably, you could probably do a podcast simply on away days. It'd be brilliant. Just, just on me sitting on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just reminiscing. Yeah. <laughs> Hating that I'm watching a wee seven twenty pixel stream of places that I really like going to. Yep. Aye. Nah, that that was the places like Morton, Inverness. Like Inverness is far away, but it's not really a good away day. Morton's Morton's about as far for me as a home game on the train. It's almost exactly the same. It's like going back in time and you walk into the Norseman though. Yeah. But like watching <laughs> watching these places on a stream, um, I'd like to be there, but I'm okay with it. If I can watch the match and I'm I'm at home, that's fine. They're not great away days. Um 
not bothered by that, but Arbroath, that was the that's the first one that I've been watching and been like, that is absolute crap. I just want to be there. Well, fingers crossed going into the new year we can eventually get back at some some sort of level properly. Yeah, I, I don't hold out any hope for any away games, unfortunately, but uh, yeah. I'd I'd like to think that there'll be some fans in Somerset at some point. Um Late February, March, maybe. Um, just, just some fans. Um, I, as you know, and I've, I've mentioned it on here uh, before, I am privileged to be allowed into the ground for some of the games, um, helping out with the live chat for the streaming. I wasn't there for the, the Wraith Rovers game. I watched that one at home. But it is just, it's just weird and eerie and not nice way to watch it I'd still rather be there than not even with that but we, we just we just need some fans a small number even would just lift the whole place yep fingers crossed that um, we get there eventually yeah um, so next we have Hearts Away in Boxing Day yeah um, that's going to be a that's going to be an interesting one for the, the Holland clan um, over Christmas. Yeah. yeah, Boxing Day might just be living up to its name if we manage to sneak a win. I, I think you'll be disowned if um, we, we manage to, um, to to get something out of that game. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I am spending Christmas <laughs> with the McIntyres um, and... Claire is a Heart of Midlothian fan. She's my partner. Um, I hope she has a fucking miserable boxing day. <laughs> um, I will be there to hopefully get it right up. This and then we can been... go back to enjoying Christmas afterwards. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll, we'll talk about away days. This has been a fixture I've been praying for for years. I was, the two fixtures I really want us to get in the Scottish Cup were either Hearts or Aberdeen away, because I've never been to Pataudry. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only ever been to Tynecastle once for a Scotland under-21 game and uh, in the Women's Scottish Cup final. So I've not been there and seen it in its full glory, because apparently it's absolutely amazing when it's anywhere near full. The pubs around it are good as well. Um, and for me, it's only half an hour on the train. So that's the first thing I'm gutted about is the fact we can't get to go there, uh, especially in Boxing Day. It would been really good to have the lads together. Um, the game itself, I, I've got no expectation. I'm expecting a defeat and hoping for the best, if you know what I mean. If, it, if, we, get, if we get a gubbin, I'm just going to walk away from it. and You know what I mean? I'm not going to moan at anything. If we get something out of it, then I'll be ecstatic. Yeah, Um I think one of the things that's really interesting going into this is did Mark Kerr get his fingers burned uh, Livingston away because he was adamant that he isn't going to set up defensively and for these kind of games he's, his team only knows one way to play and he likes wants to just go forward. Did he get his fingers burned? Are we going to go and attempt to sit in for the first time this season? And having not done it before, how will that go if we do? Well, we all know that Kerr does have a game plan. We saw it against Dundee when he, he stuck Mikey Miller on um, Charlie Adam. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's got. I'm sure he's got some sort of plan 
does it does he go with three centre halves, put Aero back into the, the middle and go for three at the back? Um have a, have the wing backs have Redding and Houston actually as wing backs supporting the, the attack. He's got options. Um I just I mean Hearts will be on a downer after last Sunday. I watched the game. Um they were very unlucky not to get anything out of that after being 2-0 down. Um it just depends what kind of hearts turns up. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that they're still feeling sorry for themselves and have just been sitting eating tubs of ice cream, carrying on the greeting they were doing uh, where they were watching, waiting to yeah, get runners up. They could end up the other way. They could be really angry and come out and absolutely batter us. Oh no doubt that that's um, more likely than not what will happen. But you have to live in hope that they that's are. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's the hope that kills you. Um, yeah, I think this is as I said. And uh, let's call it a bye week. And if we get anything out of it, great. Yeah. Um, so, have you got a, a score prediction for, for the Boxing Day match? Um, the eternal optimist in me is saying, let's go for one each. Um, one. But I don't know. It, it'll either be really, really tight and it'll be a, a one each, like a score draw. Or it's going to be a total annihilation and we could lose about 4 now. I, I can't call it either way. It's either going to be really tight or it's going to be, well, we're not in the game. So I'll, I'll go for the 4 now and hope for the score draw. Um, um, I'm going for uh, four or more Hearts goals. I think we play better than we played against our growth, but I think we'll, I think we'll take a, a bit of a doing on Boxing Day. Yeah. I don't think uh, I don't think this is where we recapture our form. Well, this has been a cheery podcast today, hasn't it? Well, they can't all be happy. Sometimes, <laughs> uh, sometimes you get beat and don't play well, and your next game is probably one of the harder games that you'll have have to play all season. Um, uh, it can be a lot worse. We could still be yo-yoing between the championship and League One. We well, could be exactly. Falkirk or Partick. I was having a look. I'd seen something on Twitter while I was waiting to start doing this, and it was reminding me of some really joyous festive occasions that Ian McCall served up for us. So I've got I've got two here for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're in Scottish League One. It's uh, Saturday, the nineteenth of December, two thousand and fifteen. We're away to Peterhead, and we get beat three 0 Merry Christmas, Air United. So, uh, is this is this the time of is this around the time we had like Sir Jordan Preston playing for us? Yes, uh, Ian Ian McCall was was in charge at this point. Um, uh, Jordan Preston was certainly playing that day. Um, yep. However, ten days later, still in the festive period. Um, on next same season, same season. County yep. four, Air United two. Dear. <laughs> Aye, so do you know what? Losing 2 1 away to our growth in the championship, it's not that bad. You haven't gone all the way to Peterhead, they're not Cowden Beath, we're not in League One. I'll take it. There's your positive spin for the end of the podcast. <laughs> Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much for coming on, Daiji.
Oh, Derek, it's been a pleasure. Um, anytime. Thank you for having me again. Hey, have a lovely Christmas, pal. I'll speak to yeah, you later. You too. Cheerio. Bye. And then I was joined by Hearts fan Jamie McIntyre for a chat about how Hearts have been getting on this season. Hi Jamie, thanks for coming on. No worries Derek, how are you doing? Aye, not too bad, how about yourself? Aye, coping, bored as fuck like, but I'm coping. Ah, Santa's nearly here, it'll be fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've only, only came on Sunday, eh? Aye. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> uh, so I've got you on just for a wee chat about how Hart and Lothian are getting on in the championship. How are you enjoying being back? Uh, it's like we've never left, eh? <laughs> nah, it's like, it, Ken, it's nothing, nothing that I didn't expect. Like at the end of the day, we are like we know what we are, and I think everyone else knows what we are. We're kind of there to be shot at. So teams are sort of coming into games to to make it difficult for us and. That's a challenge in itself, and the Hearts players have got to step up and be the ones to break teams down. You saw, I don't know if you saw the highlights of the Morton game a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it was like, I mean, Morton were literally camped in their own 18-yard line, yeah. and Hearts still managed to break them down, which is, is good for us. But um, And then, of course, they came out their, their own half the week after and fucking beat Dunfermline 3-2 or something. <laughs> they well, they were... They were pretty much like that against us as well, actually. Yeah, uh, they, d- they, yeah, did they didn't look too. dreadful, funnily enough. But I kind of just thought, aye, they... it's the same as a lot of these teams. Like going back to your sort of original question, like about the championship, they... there's not really a team that I look at and think either shite, mm-hmm. with the exception of maybe Queen of the South, who were turgid a couple of yeah. weeks ago. But um, there's a, I don't know, I don't know if there's a lack of direction at a lot of these teams or they just don't have that wee bit extra to go and maybe get themselves that automatic promotion place, which I think Dunfermline, if we were in the, end of the league, would be the ones to do it this season because they are very, very good. Yeah, um, it's it's been... It's been a tough watch watching a lot of the championship highlights so far. I, I'm not confident that there is a good team in the league. Um Hearts are certainly the the best team that I've I've seen of all the teams in the league, but you would expect that the way. That's the thing. It's sort of yeah. It's it's literally just by virtue of individual players rather than nah, necessarily nah. being, or in my opinion, being a good team. Um, so yeah, uh, kind of onto the team. Yeah, uh, it's good to see that Dundee are still shite though. Oh yeah, yeah, forever and ever. <laughs> um, when when Hearts started the season, they they looked pretty good at the back. I thought at, at first it was Pepescu and Halkett. Um They did concede the two goals in that Dundee game, but that often happens when you're you're scoring for fun. Um, yeah. I, I thought they they looked quite good together, but I've noticed Pepescu has dropped out of the team for uh, they've reanimated the corpse of Christoph Berra once again. Fucking plays like a corpse as well. <laughs> oh, I can see what Nielsen was trying to do there. Mm-hmm. He's trying to obviously just bring that wee bit of experience in, uh, particularly because the games that we're playing this season are so hard and we're having to, to grind a little bit at times. Um, and Popescu had that sort of, to, to, 
at the start of the season, I, I looked at him and I thought, oh, he looks like sort of the real deal type. Mm-hmm. You know, he was athletic, he was big, he was strong, he was quick. But as you see with quite a few players at sort of our level, is that it starts to kind of, the honeymoon period ends. Yeah. And he was just, I mean, he wasn't playing badly, but it was that sort of, he wasn't sort of throwing himself in the way that he should have. I think it was Dunfermline away. One of the goals, he's sort of like half-arsed, hand behind his back, not really that first for um, trying to stop the ball. Uh, And I think that's probably why he's he's looked at better and thought, well, at least you know better's going to kind of throw himself in front of everything, even if he does fucking miss it sometimes. He's a weird case, better because he is actually quite quite good at the championship level. Yeah. It, it seems to be, seems to just it, be yeah, like I mean, bridging that gap. I think he has looked quite good, but he's still got that like stupid moment where he'll like, yeah. a defender will turn him and he'll just fall over. Or you saw on Sunday, like mm-hmm. he throws his arms up at a corner. Like, why are you doing that? Like, you know fine well what's going to happen there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, as I say, I can definitely see what Nielsen's trying to do there. It'll be interesting to see what he does if and when John Suter ever comes back. Yeah. Um, because Suter's probably the best centre-half that we have. Him and Halkett were your, uh, whenever you could be fit, they were your... Yeah. But also, I think you've got that, a lot of managers like to have that left foot, right foot, centre-half pairing. Yeah. And is and left-footed. Capescu yeah. isn't. Neither um, Suter. But we'll, we'll see how that kind of develops when, when Suter yeah. comes back. Um, so who's who's impressed you most so far in the in the squad this season? It's it's tough to pick between a couple. I've looked at Kingsley and he's just everything you want in a left back. Mm-hmm. He's a solid. He, he's like Michael Smith on the right hand side is a solid eight out of ten every week. Kingsley is a solid eight out of ten every week on the other side, and you just like it's just good to have that on both sides. Uh, but it's got to be purely for the his ability to to change and drive games. It's got to be Ginelli. Yeah, he's just got that ability to get his foot in the ball. You know, he's got power and pace. Uh, he can. He scored a couple of goals. He scored on Sunday. He scored the week before against Queen of the South, and I actually against Queen of the South. It was one of those games like Hearts. I think went three 0 up, and it, it was kind of starting to die a death. Queen of the South had scored and Hearts were a bit like, oh, we'll just sort of see this out and get it over the line. And then it's three points. And Nielsen brings in Ginelli with about 20 minutes to go. And it just totally changed the game. He just, he was picking up the ball, he was driving, he was bringing other guys into play. And it's just to have that sort of one player that can just drive a whole team forward, score three more goals. All, all of a sudden, like a 6-1 win is obviously twice as good as, as a 3-1. Um, so yeah, for me, it's got to be it's got to be Ginelli. Like, yeah, I watched that game. Um, I think we must. It must have been must have been the other Saturday after we played um, Wraith Rovers on the Friday night because I couldn't think of another reason I'd be yeah. sitting on a Saturday afternoon watching Hearts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I I definitely sat and watched the the Hearts Queen of the South game. I knew it was going to be a, a tough watch. Just simply because I, South are brutal, but the game did pick up and it was quite 
as much as the game was done when he came on, Queen of the South offered nothing. It was it was an interesting watch for the rest of it because he has goods, generally. I think it's just, yeah, as I said, it's that sort of when a game's dying, you can bring someone like that on and it just, like, lights it up again. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's something that we've been kind of missing. You know, we've got good players, but nobody that can really just drive you forward and make things happen. So on the, the other side, who has impressed you the least so far? That probably goes along the same lines of what I was saying about um, that ability to get your foot in the ball and drive drive your team forward. It's got to be Jamie Walker for me. Yeah. He's, uh, you're just waiting for him to do something good and he shows it in glimpses, but he's just no got to that sort of level, the consistency where he's, um, he's getting his foot in the ball and he's changing games and he's he's been the sort of match winner for Hearts. He had that against... Um, Martin away a couple of weeks ago he scored two really good goals but it's doing that you need a guy like that to do it every single week and he's just he's never really been able to do that and he's getting to that point now where it's like he's I think a year older than me so what's that he's 27, 28 or something and he's he's no longer a young player so like how long can you continue to wait for him to be good consistently for yeah he should be in his prime right now at that age he has had a lot of injuries and a lot of issues like that so you kind of wonder if he was to start if he maybe played every game for the rest of the season mm-hmm. and then got a good pre-season next year if he would start to sort of pick up a bit of consistency but yeah he's definitely the sort of least impressed with him for me uh, Again I watched uh, watched that game against Green and South and he must have had about 50 shots just he did eventually score, but he was just balloning the ball over the bar. Right, everywhere in the park. He's <laughs> not got that sort of brain to know when to take a shot and when to not. It's like, I'll just take yeah. a shot. All right, but you're like 15 yards out left with decent passes on. What the fuck yeah. are you doing? <laughs> um, so an- another player that I'm going to ask you about is uh, you signed him in the summer, Andy Halliday. Um uh-huh. I so the reason that I'm watching these Hearts games, my partner's a, a Hearts fan, so she has a season ticket. And it's not because I'm I've got no life. I also have no life, but well. not because of that. No. <laughs> um, so I've seen Andy Halliday quite a bit playing for you, and I don't know what the point of him is. I don't know what he does. Um, he did eventually become good on Sunday uh, after half, yeah. but other than that. Um, I I don't know what what he does. Well, I mean he's staunch as fuck. Like. Aye, but he's uh, Andy Halliday's a sort of a weird case because he's not really ever going to be that sort of match winner. Mm-hmm. But he'll give you a lot of energy for box to box, and he'll try and keep the ball moving. But again, another issue with Andy Halliday is he's he's not going to be the one to find that killer pass either. Yeah. So he's he's all right. He's a sort of a jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. <laughs> and he's actually not shite. He gets a, a bad rap for sort of being a big part of the Rangers banter years, but he's actually a decent enough player, particularly at our level. Um, I think he'll do okay. But he's it's been difficult for him as well because he's he, he didn't have a pre-season. Mm-hmm. He went from, I think, March when football stopped to we signed him in late September and he hadn't been training with us. He just sort of appeared one day as a Hearts player, so to go that long without, you know, he didn't play any pre-season matches, anything like that, so that's always going to take him a few weeks to kind of get up to speed, 
Yeah, you certainly. Um, but yeah, I can kind of see what you're saying. You just you look at him and you're like, you could probably live without him, but he's useful to have. Aye, he seems to start on all the big games, but doesn't. And he does well in them. To be fair to him, um, he, he certainly played a big part in the from the second half onwards on on Sunday, but um, yeah. the first half was a wee bit more of kind of. What I've yeah, seen I think against the like half, and that. Yeah, the first half hearts were a bit passive. That was a problem. And, and Nielsen sort of alluded to that after the game. And it, he says the game plan didn't really change. It was just a case mm-hmm. of doing it better, getting a wee bit tighter. Um, so, kind of while, while we're talking about Sunday, uh, how do you think they'll react from that? Some of them looked absolutely gutted at full time. I think that's kind of natural, but I think they've yeah. got to they've got to react. Um, it's, it's a sort of weird one because you can see this going one of two ways. You can see this as being one of these games where Hearts, they'll be desperate to get back out there and sort of get it out of their system. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you can also say that it's a, that was a massive match on Sunday. They put a lot into it, a lot sort of emotionally and physically. So to come into a game which like with the greatest respect, Air United at home on Boxing Day when there's nobody in the stadium, there's... N- not as much riding on it. Is it going to be as easy to sort of get themselves up for that? Um, yeah, I don't know how they're going to react to it. But what I will say is that Nielsen's always been very good at getting a reaction out of players when things have gone bad. Anytime we've had a bad run of form or we've had a couple of bad results, mm-hmm. he always brings them sort of back down to earth. Uh, and that was the same in his first spell. Always brings them back down to earth and gets us going again. So I'm pretty confident there will be okay but not magnificent well if that isn't the, the Christmas football feast that you're looking for then I don't know what is I'm not expecting much I'm not expecting much we weren't uh, we weren't great last Saturday and not particularly against straight overs but we weren't we weren't points so not care he doesn't usually go more than two games without getting his playing again, so I'm expecting uh, something from us on, on uh, Whether it involves us still getting beat is hmm. a debate, but I'm definitely expecting us to be picking up a wee bit. So I'll be I'll be watching out for what kind of reaction that your boys have, because there's things that don't really get thought of as well, like everyone knows that they've been out there for the 120 minutes and the penalties. Yeah. But as you're trying to try to hang on, try to get back into the game at various points, watching the penalties, they expunge so much nervous energy as well. Yeah, exactly. So obviously you'll not be, but I'm I'm hoping that you boys are absolutely shagged still when this comes around. <laughs> Hangover for Christmas as well, probably. Aye. <laughs> Chris Alcott with half a bottle of Buckfast in him. Craig <laughs> Alcott, sorry, Chris Alcott, what am I talking about? So you got a score prediction? Uh, it's difficult. I don't like predicting scores because it'll always bloody come back to haunt me. But you seem to remember that I said to you in the summer that mm-hmm. I can see Hearts winning the league relatively comfortably, but air like... At the time, I think we didn't realise that the season was going to start later. So I think I said to you, Air's that type of team that Hearts will win the league comfortably but lose to Air four fucking times. <laughs> um, having seen Hearts this season, I think we'll just be okay. Yeah. I don't 
look at Ayr and think they're not as good as Dunfermline, I think, in terms of their consistency and their ability to kind of pick up points at the same pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're a wee bit inconsistent. I just think Hearts will probably win sort of 2-1 or 2-0. I don't think it'll be a great game and I don't think Hearts will come out all guns blazing and kill them off in the first half and then sort of play with them for the second half. Um, I've got a feeling it could be one of those ones that Hearts score uh, sort of late on in the first half and then eventually sort of find another and the game will sort of die a death. Uh, well, I've got a bet on my hearts to score four or more, so uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting a I'm expecting a bit of a, a going over uh, at Tynecastle. Um, well, as I said, it can be one. It'll be one of two ways. It'll be one of those ones where hearts are still absolutely knackered, or they'll come out and they'll really want to sort of lay down a marker. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, e- even if it is a going over, I, I still think we'll be better than we were against our growth. Um, yeah, it's just. <laughs> It's just about improving performances for us. So yeah. the thing for me is, is sort of just mm-hmm. going a wee bit back now to your sort of first question about the championship. I kind of look at a lot of these teams, and like realistically, Air are probably going to come in and, and, and sit in at Tynecastle. And I think, well, that's fine. Like that's their prerogative. But also, kind of, I can see them being a wee bit tough in the midfield. Mm. No. No. Nah. Um, our, oh, confidence now, eh? our, uh, our midfield something that I'm talking about earlier um, yeah. odd. Um, I'm not quite sure what the, the structure is with it mm. um, it's not great at breaking up play and it's not great at creating uh, right so okay I'm, I'm so not sure. I guess I guess kind of on my Andy Halliday point um We've got two of them, I guess. Aye. I'm not quite sure what the two of them are, are bringing, whether they work as a two, whether they need broken up. Um, yeah. It's not it's not working for me anyway. See, I remember the last time we were in the, the championship, we went unbeaten until like January. Yeah. And uh, Falkirk played us at Tynecastle. And every team up to then had parked the bus, got 10 men behind the ball and tried to make it difficult for us, which I've always said, Absolutely, do that because it'll frustrate Hearts and they've got to find a way through it and it's up to us to be the ones to break them down. But they came to Tynecastle and I think they went a goal down after about four minutes or something and you're thinking, oh, here we go again, this is a five or six nil. And they they pressed us high up the park, they were winning a midfield battle and eventually they won 3-2. And they were the first team to actually play Hearts and really try to come out and, and batter them. And it'll be interesting to see, I know Dunferman have already beaten us, but um, it'll be interesting to see if, if a team like Ayr does that at Tynecastle. Yeah, I'd, I'd, just, I'd expect us to attempt to go in the front foot, but yeah. we, don't, we don't really sit in. Um, yeah. Whether Mark Ayr's been scalded a wee bit from when we went to Livingston, um, we didn't sit in that day. We just couldn't mm-hmm. get the ball. Maybe that's sort of... We had it, we tried to go forward, but... Yeah, maybe that's sort of half the problem though for a lot of these teams is if you do try and sit in you don't know how to do it Yeah. but then also if you try and go out you leave yourself susceptible to being broken down at the back mm-hmm. so it's a bit of a tough we, I mean we are, we are a much tougher team to play we, we're moan about teams coming to Tynecastle and putting 10 men behind the ball but we are you know, a tougher team to play than they are realistically yeah 
Right. Well, thanks very much for coming on, Jamie. No worries, Derek. Uh, I hope you have a good Christmas. I'm sure yeah, you will. Hopefully. And I hope you get fucking pumped on Boxing Day. Oh, we'll see what happens, mate. We'll see. Uh, I've got all my score predictions wrong that I've given on this podcast to date. So, aye. so what you're saying is it's going to finish 3 0 air then? Aye, definitely, mate. I'm off hat trick for Christmas Day. <laughs> Have a good one, pal. No worries, man. Right. Ciao. Okay, well, that is this week's show. Um, I'm hopefully going to be back in between the Hearts and Morton games. Uh, That just depends on someone kindly giving up some of their time during the festive period. We'll see if that happens. Um, Otherwise, we'll just be back at the first opportunity we can and review any games that are missed. Um, So I hope everyone has a nice Christmas and New Year as well. Uh, we got speak to you till after then. So, all the best. <laughs>